everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode 48 of Podcoping, the podcast that brings you the biggest gaming news of the month, along with the analysis, thoughts, and discussion that news inspires. My name is Duncan Robertson, and it wouldn't be an episode of Podcoping if I wasn't joined by my best friend, my co-host, and the other co-founder of Game Coping Corp. It's Mr. Ollie Spencer. It's Oliver J. Wellness Break Spencer. <laughs> Yay, Wellness Break. Yeah, I don't know like if I'm supposed to bring this up, but I'm I'm doing it. I had the words Wellness bit. Break in there. Yeah, like I've, just, I've used the same descriptor. I'm so. pre-riffing to, I'm sure, your official statement <laughs> on the matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, I just didn't feel like doing the podcast last month. Sorry, just need a little break. Work has been pretty hectic. I'm doing a job that I really enjoy, but therefore is more draining because you put more of yourself into it um and i just needed a bit of a break didn't feel like prepping for a podcast after hours so yeah what, what are you it gonna happens. do but you know it happens but i'm here and yeah. i have a different hat that none of you will see so yeah you know it's brought to you by still still yeah purveyor of fine god machinery <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's our first ad roll of the show um yeah, no, it's okay though because we did we did vow that this was going to be the year where we gave you twelve episodes <laughs> of the podcast, right? But it's okay because that's still going to happen thanks to our brand new spinoff show, the Coping Cast, uh-huh. which will be starting this month. It's it's happened. I've, I I managed to get two interviews done, so we have two episodes in the can. So they're going to be coming out between the next episodes of Pod Coping, and then we'll have more to come after that. So it's 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 actually starting. I just need to get like st- like starting music for it. You know what I mean? It has to have like a slightly different feel. You should just cold open and, and not have open. any music. <laughs> yeah. The other the other idea is uh, do the the Pod Coping theme tune, but in reverse. That would sound like pure hot garbage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say go with yeah. that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, look forward to that. Uh, the first episode will be an amazing interview with musician and content creator Tim Deman. That's a cool name. Is that actually? Is, right? yeah, that's actually his name. Yeah, he's oh, cool. the man. And he's I wasn't sure if Tim. That was going to be like a, you know, like a not a stage name. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. A working title. As far I'm as I'm aware, that is his like his actual name. Um, Ooh. and yeah, he's a he's a very cool guy. So I interviewed him about his uh new album, Hyrule Highlands Two, which is a Celtic and folk take on music from across the Zelda back catalog. Um, so yeah, look forward to that. That'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the other bit of housekeeping that I have is we got to 700 subscribers on YouTube. And as of recording, we're on 713. So thank you very much to everyone who's helped us attain that number. Uh, it's It means a lot. And we really appreciate the support. Thank you so much. Sub-a-lub-a-dub-dub. Exactly. <laughs> okay, moving right along from Wubba Lubba Dub Dub. Subba Lubba Dub Dub. You Subba Lubba Okay, okay, sorry. I, I misheard you. Asshole. <laughs> you're making me look like an idiot out here. Yeah, you're um it's great because you have the word shill right across your forehead. It's and shill. No, no, it's shill. Purveyor of fine god machinery. It's shill of Rick and Marty. Okay. On today's show, we will of course kick things off with everyone's favorite segment news coping we will give you our entertainment recommendations for the month of april and may after that 
we'll head into the main body of the show where we'll give you your dose of games industry news from the last two months that we deem the most significant significant and conversation where they haven't fucked up this spiel in a long time don't just sit there proudly i know you want to say something so button i've given you the airtime go you messed it up. You messed up your still. There, there it is. Okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, after a brief wellness break, we have lots to catch up on. So in a very special rendition of News Coping, you're mm. bound to hear some dated headlines and some unexpected discussions as I review headlines from April and Ollie brings us up to speed from May. After that, We'll end the show with our patented random subscriber shout out. So stick around to the end to see if this episode's random subscriber could be you because, oh my goodness, it could. There's 713 of you. Uh, with that out of the way, though, let's move on to Muse Coping. What if one day you just yeah. made me the random subscriber? Because <laughs> I don't know who it is every every month. Yeah, like, I don't true. get told. It'd be yeah. really funny if you were just like, and today, and it's just me. It's you. Yeah. It's like, I'm one of the first subscribers. Why yeah. haven't you, you know? Yeah. To me. It's like the episode of The Office where Jim does employee of the month and then ends up giving it to himself yeah. and then his wife. That's pretty exactly. funny. Yeah. Like, do that. Do it. Like, one month it's me and then the next <laughs> month it's you. That would be pretty great. Um, <laughs> all right. So, for those who don't know, this is Muse Coping. The rules of this segment are simple. We are each allowed to give you up to three entertainment recommendations. They can be anything, but we can recommend you something more than once each. Be sure to head to Spotify to hear a collated list of all the musical picks from this segment in the amazing Muse Coping playlist. So I host us, you lead us. We have three picks each for two months. That's a tough, tough it's, order. It's a toughie. And I can tell you right now, I don't have any music, so I don't know if you do. Yeah, me neither. No, me neither. No? Cool, 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 cool. I'm going to cool, start cool, cool. with a TV show, but I'm not okay. going to start with the one that you probably have. Um, so I'm going to say Moon Knight Marvel's oh, Moon nice. Knight nice. Um, I'm in like two episodes in Yeah I watched it like Probably two weeks ago uh, And I really chugged through it I'm like back to consuming television at a rate of knots Which is you know I go through phases Sometimes I watch the same single show For like six months in a row And then sometimes I watch a new show every week mm. I'm in that phase right now um, yeah, And I watch Moon Knight for everyone. Mm, It's very dangerous because Yeah Sorry, do you want to talk to me about the show I was watching last week? Too bad, because I'm on like a different show. I'm on three different shows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I watched Moon Knight, and it is one of those shows, one of those Marvel shows that is better for having basically nothing to do with Marvel. Mm. Um, I don't think it even mentions a Marvel character besides like mm. the, the Moon Knight-contained characters. I don't think there's any like extended universe stuff at all. Um, sorry, that's like a little bit of a spoiler, I guess, but... Also no, not. not at all. Um, I think they, that was in the press for yeah. it. So. Um, but it really, it does well for it. It was really enjoyable. Oscar Isaac does a really good performance. I mean, he always does, but he like does a very strong sort of juxtaposed character the whole show. Um, supporting characters are fun. The villain, played by Ethan Hawke, is a good laugh. He, you know, he looks kind of ridiculous with the hair and the stick, but it's good fun. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. I really enjoyed it. I think it's probably risky to say it because i'm now going back in my head as i say it but i think it's probably my favorite marvel tv show so far um based Ooh. on the fact that it didn't totally shag itself by the end <laughs> so yeah i'd uh, i'd recommend it if you've been hesitant to pick it up like i was because of the sort of variable quality of marvel shows i would say this one is a safe one to pick up because i enjoyed mm. it yeah, and it nice. leaves things open for season two but not in a way that's like totally asinine like the rest of the marvel stuff so 
I don't know what you mean. No Marvel property has ever been asinine. You're right. Doctor Especially Strange not in the Loki. Multiverse of Madness was the. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You, you, yeah. I mean, we yeah, we both <laughs> we both hit the nail on the head in different ways. Though. Yeah, we were both going the same way as well. Uh, all right. So my TV show is one that we both watched, and you can kind of c- contribute to. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Okay, uh, it's, it's All of Us Are Dead, which is a Netflix show. Um, it is a South Korean show, so along the lines of Squid Game. Um, same plot, too. Same, yeah, same plot, except zombies are in the mix. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's probably my favorite TV show I've watched in around a year. And I, I think it's, I like it better than I liked... Witcher and potentially Wheel of Time, although they're very different shows, so they're kind of hard to compare. I just like I love the 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 process of watching it and like really getting hooked on it. And they do a, a kind of ridiculous but still good job of linking episodes together because they'll leave it on a cliffhanger and it's just like there's no way that that's gonna happen. There's just no way, and it just doesn't. And it's like cool, but I'm enjoying the whole like you know episode gap tension where i'm like oh my god what if that person what if that person became infected and then they they definitely didn't um but yeah it's like it's very gory horror and very scary zombie media which doesn't happen a lot these days because a lot of zombie stuff is very samey and just kind of boring in a lot of ways and all of us are dead is great because they're all fast zombies they're like stronger than human zombies which makes them immediately terrifying um, yeah, the stakes are just really high. It's, but it's wonderfully acted and really well written as well. Like you know, none of the, none of the characters and their their actions are unmotivated. It, it's just a really well rounded show, and I would definitely recommend it, recommend it to anyone, especially to anyone who enjoyed Squid Game. Definitely. Yeah, I I will just add to like I'm a really big fan now of how shows or movies like Parasite and shows like Squid Game have sort of opened the floodgates a little bit on consuming, you know, foreign media, foreign films, foreign TV shows mm-hmm. in a way that we weren't before because now my Netflix is actually flooded with recommendations for stuff. I've got several in my, um, like, watch list on Netflix that are South Korean dramas specifically, but they all look, like, really, really cool. And, yeah, I just, like, I think actually, you're right, the acting is of quite often a different caliber than we used to with western shows it's a little bit more grounded i feel like the the human element is really important in in the shows that we watch so far whereas you know in western stuff it's much more about plot and characters sometimes do fall by the wayside this feels very much the opposite where the plot was you know kind of you know the setting was zombies the plot was there but kind of just a a loose through line and it was really the character Mm. stuff that, that pulled you all the way through um, but yeah, really enjoyed that. That's my second TV show pick, as you can probably tell. Oh, nice. Um, nice. So yeah, I would highly recommend. I would say yeah. go and watch it like immediately if you like zombies. Yeah. Um, okay, my I also have another TV show, which is more tentative because it's it's ongoing at point Bold. of recording. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've made this mistake before, but I have faith in this one. Uh Obi-Wan has started streaming on Disney Plus, uh, and I am. This is the first bit of Star Wars media I've consumed since. Uh, what was it? 
what was the name of the final film? Was it like Rise of Skywalker or some shit? It wasn't a good movie, which is why I didn't remember the name of it. But it's the first bit of Star Wars media that I've consumed since then. And even though I've heard that The Mandalorian was great, and I've heard that Book of Boba Fett was pretty good too, uh, this is like this is just excellent, and it's it's made for us, which is really nice because you rarely get that from like big media stuff now like it's it's either for a really general audience or it's for people like kids or it's for like 30 to 40 year olds who are the original fans we this is the first time i think we've really been recognized as star wars fans in terms of like okay we're making this show for your demographic because we're with we we grew up on the prequels um and we saw them go from like oh my god like I want to be a Jedi to those films fucking sucked, dude. Like they're really bad to memes to now they're like, you know, cherished pieces of film again. Um, and yeah, I also just, I've been saying for years since Disney bought the star Wars rights. The only thing that I have been saying is just give me an Obi-Wan show and I'll be happy. Give me an Obi-Wan spinoff and I will be happy. And they finally done it. And at the moment, three episodes in, They've actually taken it darker than I thought they were going to. And that's, that is enough to make me happy because I, I wanted to see like a PTSD Obi-Wan and I wanted to see like Darth Vader being dark, like, you know, being the true evil villain that he was originally. And they're actually doing that. And I never saw Disney doing that at all. So credit to that. Credit to Ewan McGregor because he's an incredible actor and he's bringing a whole new dynamic to this role. And uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it's it's not one of my picks because I'm holding off until mm-hmm. I know for a fact that it's gonna live up. Um, but I do think Obi One, you and McGregor, is currently um, carrying it on his back. I think that like the setting is good and the plot is like good enough to facilitate you know what's going on. But I do think you know you and McGregor is what's really carrying the show, and I think that's sort of as it should be because that's yeah. why. I think so many people our age wanted to see an Obi-Wan series. It wasn't just we want to see the character. It was we want to see the character that we know, like, you know, the, the actor that we know and love from the prequels, who, totally. again, at the time sort of carried them. You know, we yeah. want to see that again, um, but in a more mature way. And I think he's doing that. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like, enjoying it. He was hands down, like, the best part about the prequels, both for his acting, for his action scenes, and also, like, he was the funniest part of those films as well. And, like, to see him do that more mature step into that role is just really, really cool, especially after such a long time as well. It's kind of weird that you've said he was the best part of the prequels, but you obviously have forgotten about Jar Jar Binks. But, um, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I, how could I forget that? Yeah, oh my god, I know. Like, it's just, just, just ignore me, man. A little bit of just an embarrassing, like, oh, fake oh, Star Wars fan. Forgot this. about Jar Jar. Oh, okay. Is this going out on air? Oh no. Yeah, god, oh, we might have to cut that. Might have to cut that. That was a fun bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool, yeah. Uh, my <laughs> next pick is a video game. Um, it's a bit out of left field, if you ask me. Because oh. um, I ragged on this game, I think, when I announced it was going to be a oh, PS Plus game. Are we doing this now? Oh, I don't oh. know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Go think on. I am. Um, Slay the Spire is oh, my okay. video game pick. <laughs> you did rag on that, actually. Yeah, I ragged on it because I was like, who the hell would play a deck-building roguelike game? That sounds really stupid. Yeah. And then I downloaded it in May because there wasn't much going on games-wise. And I was like, oh, cool. I would play a deck-building roguelike <laughs> Um, it has like a ridiculously engaging loop if you are 
into roguelikes even if the gameplay isn't quite what you expect because deck building is like totally foreign to me and i still went in there and had a good time because it is built on the roguelike formula of you know try die try again um and yeah it's got like really nice character art it's got um different like builds and play styles you know there's different characters for different people um and yeah it was really cool it was a really cool introduction to the sort of deck building genre because i had no idea what i was doing and it took me a little while but you know i really started to sort of see my path through different areas and like actually what cards i would need and how they sort of interacted with one another and and what was good to have in what deck um and yeah like i've looked up nothing about it because i know there's probably tons of media about like best deck builds if you're playing this character but i really wanted to just sort of raw dog it and see where it took me and i've you know i've done two complete playthroughs already like i've beaten the tower twice um with two different characters and there's two more still to go so yeah i i would say like give it a go if you're not 100 percent sold it doesn't really matter because it's a tiny download and you can have it ready to play in like an hour and if you don't like it you can immediately delete it but i was pleasantly surprised so yeah that's cool i'm glad you liked it uh, hmm. i think my friend derek is also playing it although he might be playing a different deck building game um but yeah if you're if you if you're a fan of gwent do you think you would like slay the spire i couldn't tell you <laughs> I, I don't remember a single thing about gwent yeah me neither i didn't even play i played like one i played the introductory round of gwent in the witcher and i never played it again i was I like love, i didn't i love how many games i've played that have in-game games where yeah. i don't play those games because it's like yeah no <laughs> that's not why i'm here yeah um my last pick is also a game uh which again it's sort of tentative but i'm confident in my recommendation here um it's nobody saves the world which we're currently playing um so nobody saves the world is from drinkbox studios right it's drinkbox mm -hmm. yeah um i always in my head i mix up if it's juice box or drinkbox because it should be juice, it should box, be juice box but yeah you're yeah. right it's drinkbox yeah um but yeah so they're the developers behind the guacamelee games uh and yeah it's a top-down how would you describe this top-down like almost zelda-esque yeah. but also like class-based class -based, yeah. and kind of yeah um yeah it, it's it's ridiculously fun so elevator pitch is you play as a little guy who wakes up he's like he's he's a nobody and he's called nobody because he's suffering from amnesia he wakes up and he's like i don't know where i am and like everyone's talking about some wizard or something and i've just like stumbled upon his wand so i guess i'm gonna take it and he does and the whole game is him transforming into different forms of himself so he you know you, you play as a horse you play as an egg you play as a slug and a rat and a bodybuilder and like there are like 20 something different classes that you play as um and it, it occasionally you will get absolutely just marauded with enemies on your screen and you have to work out based on what damage types each form does what forms you need to be each level basically or each dungeon um and it is chaotic and it is fun and it is so funny at times uh it is just like really i'm having an absolute blast with it and this isn't usually the sort of game that i would pick up and go yeah this is like you know this is a duncan game um but it is it's absolutely bonkers so far and i'm really really enjoying it um 
and I can't wait to play more of it because I feel like you'll just get deeper and deeper into the class system and it'll become even more fun. So, and it also has co-op if you want to play with a, with a buddy. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It's only like 20 quid as well, which is great for the price tag. Yeah, for sure. It, it's definitely like good value for money. Um, cause like, yeah, like you say, there's a lot of depth to it. Um, I flip-flopped over whether or not this would be a pick this month actually, but I didn't want to shout out, uh, Slay the Spire. Yeah. But yeah, Trinkbox are really good writers as well. Um, Guacamelee, which is funny because I only recently played Guacamelee mm. too after neglecting it like ever and, and thinking it was not going to be my kind of game. Really enjoyed it. Um, but their writing is hilarious a lot of the time. There's like a whole section in Guacamelee because it's um, based on like universe hopping where you end up in the dankest timeline. And it's literally like an entire area that's just literal memes. Like they just do a bunch of memes, but then they make it meta because they talk about, you know, they have characters talking about how lazy the devs are for making a world that's <laughs> just about memes. And it's like, yeah. it's very meta and very sort of aware of itself, but mm. they are very funny writers and very <clears> funny people. So I'm hoping for more of that from Nobody Saves the World because it's been like promising yeah. so far with the level of comedy they've been doing. Yeah, I would, I would expect it. And this is bold of me to say it at this stage because we're only like halfway through the year, but I I would expect that it's gonna end up like top five of game of the year list for me, probably. Mm. But you know, lots to still play and lots lots of it to still play as well. Yeah, for sure. Um all right, ladies and gentlemen, time to move on to news coping. Not to be confused with muse coping. This is usually the segment of the show where we each bring you the five biggest video game news stories from the last four weeks that we deem the most significant and conversation worthy. But after a wellness break, we have two months to catch you up on. So in this edition of news, co- of news coping, I confused it there. Look at that. <laughs> I actually wrote you muse coping not to in the be notes. Confused. I know. I've said it 48 <laughs> times. Still can't get it right. Anyway, all of my stories in this segment will come from the month of April, and all of Ollie's stories will come from the month of May. To add some element of surprise, we haven't told each other which stories we've brought to the table, so we'll be in the, we'll be just as in the dark as you. I just can't do it today. No, I just can't and do it. it's like it's, it's too happening. far in now to restart oh, yeah, I'm again. Not, I'm so. not redoing it. I'm just yeah. I mean, I'm just, just re- restart. You've not done it before. Not again. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Not again. Uh, anyway, before we get into the big ticket items. Here's Ollie with some public service announcements. All these public service announcements. This <laughs> is the segment of the show where I run through all the stories, announcements, and release dates that we didn't deem significant or conversation worthy, but were still worth a mention because this is allegedly a gaming news podcast. If you're wondering what you missed in the month I wasn't here to do this segment, you're listening to the wrong podcast because I'm not going to tell you. Without further ado, <laughs> let's get on with this month's nonsense news. <laughs> Uh, so we will start as always with releases for the month of june Uh, yeah so we have star wars knights of the old republic 2 the sith lords which is releasing on switch on the 8th of june mario strikers battle league for switch on the 10th of june the quarry yes it is it's like it's like the new football one it looks like good fun actually Mm. um the quarry which i believe is a horror game uh, which releases on ps4 5 xbox one x all the platforms on june 10th uh full guys next gen so xbox <gasps> series x and ps5 comes out june 21st and that will then be when they transition to free to play i believe mm-hmm. um sonic origins releases on the 23rd of june i didn't write down what platforms so i'm assuming <laughs> all of them but maybe also none of them um, adults you can work it out yeah i mean figure it out where do you want to play it is it there no too bad <laughs> <laughs> fire emblem yeah. warriors three hopes 
for the Switch releases on the 24th of June. I'm very excited about that one because you know how mm. I like my Warriors games. You do. Uh, Cuphead in the Last Delicious Course is releasing on the 30th of June on all platforms. That's like the Cuphead final DLC with like everything bundled in it. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak apparently releases on Switch and PC 30th of June. And for those of you who have been waiting, one of them is among us. Uh, the Starlight Blue, Galactic Purple, and Nova Pink PlayStation console covers come out on the 17th of June. Really? They, are, they are mid-month <sighs> this month, I know. all, all I the know. rest of the PlayStation console covers, so that's exciting. Yeah. I'm for those of excited. you who've been waiting to match your controllers for like the past six months with no news. PS5 is going to look pink, stupid, ridiculous, and I don't care. Yeah, it's going to be like <laughs> blinding when you walk into the room, yeah. and I can't wait. I can't wait. It's so good. Are you going to get the purple one? No, yeah, okay, I'm not going to get anything until I have a way to display my PS5 because yeah, currently yeah. it lives behind my TV. So yeah, I'm going to get Paul. My my stepdad has started woodworking, so I'm going to him to build me a shelf when oh, I move out. Oh, cool! Um, but That's that is idea. news for another day. You know, yeah. <laughs> the wood has not yet released. Uh, <laughs> now we move on to announcements and delays. Uh, PS Plus games for the month of June are 2018's God of War. Boo. Boo. Naruto to Baruto, Shinobi Striker, and Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Uh, I think Shinobi Striker is another football game, but it's another like amped up silly anime one. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think from memory it looks quite fun, but I don't know if it's any good to play. Um, I meant to write down games with gold, but I didn't. Uh, I have a last time we did this, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Um <laughs> Switch sales have overtaken PS4 in the US for the first time, and they've closed the gap with PS2 as one of the best-selling consoles ever. I think it's moved to number four now. Uh, Switch has reached 107 million consoles sold worldwide, which is big and doesn't show any signs of slowing at the moment. Uh, WWE 2K20 and 2K19 servers will be shutting down at the end of this month on June 30th. I guess they decided to finally bite the bullet because those were not critically successful at all. I don't know why they've been running them for the past two, three years, but there Mm -hmm. you go. Uh, Dying Light 2 Story DLC has been delayed until September, which is unsurprising. Uh, They have released a handful of quality of life updates uh, since the game's release. Things like FOV sliders for consoles and slightly improved performance. New Game Plus Plus co-op improvements, although they didn't specify necessarily what those were. Um... But yeah, general general improvements, but they have delayed the story DLC until September, which makes sense because that was probably not going to be much of a story. Um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order sequel has been announced. It's titled Jedi Survivor, and it's slated for a 2023 release. There is a trailer that you can watch right now, but as Duncan said to me in a message, it looks like a cutscene because it is one. Um, It's, you know, it's a reveal trailer. It is what it is. It's not much detail, but it looks like it could be cool story-wise and probably won't be fun gameplay-wise. He's, uh, still, the, he's still ginger and he's still got a nice cute little... Cal Kestis. I think it's set five years after... I think it's a rumour, but it's, I think it's set five okay. years after the last game. So we creeping actually more... make him make him powerful in this one. That would yeah, nice. well, that's, that's what I'm hoping is like he's had time to train where we don't have to be physically doing it. No. Um, and it'll be nearer the events of like <clears throat> the original trilogy, uh, which is cool. Uh, Dead Space Remake release date has been announced as January 2023. I think last time I did an update that just said it has been announced, but now it is officially January 2023, so there you go. Uh, And there is a new Pokemon Skull and Violet trailer showing off new Pokemon, the official legendaries for this generation, and a release date of November 18th. 
that is it for all these public service announcements. Thank you very much for listening. You can tune out now. The rest of the show is all downhill. Thank you very much for that. Uh, all right. So I don't I think I slumped any words there. Sorry you to interrupt no, you, you did, but you I did. have done every time I've done that segment so far and I saved it this time. Yeah, you did, you did great. I'm very proud of you. Um, so I host us, you lead us usually, but do we want to start with a... You can a start May with a cheeky Maple uh, story. You can do an <laughs> April story if you like. <laughs> okay. Uh, would you like to start with a public service announcement story? Or a, or a funeral story. Blimey, what a choice. I think yeah. a funeral story to kick us off, because that sort of informs my next choice. So, Excellent, cool. Uh, all right, so this comes from Forbes, uh, from Paul Tassi. And it was, I'll give you the dates for mine, because they were quite old. Uh, this was April 20th. Uh, headline reads, Marvel's Avengers no longer has a roadmap coming even as Jane Foster's Thor is announced. Oh, what? <laughs> Come on, guys. Um, and I will warn you, as I read through this, he does uh, go into the first person. He uses I, so when I say I in this, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about <laughs> Paul Tassi. Don't insert yourself into the story, please. Yeah. It really takes yeah. me out of it. Uh, and I, I'm not sure how I feel about this this first line. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else about it. I'm just going to let it. There were, by it. the way, a number of articles that I wrote off and found different sources for because this month yeah. just everyone seems to be inserting themselves in weird yeah. ways. And I'm like, can we not? Can we just yeah. report? Uh, yeah. Big statements for somebody who doesn't write his own stories. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> uh, all right. Things are starting to get a little weird with Marvel's Avengers. What's wrong with that? Nothing. I'm just going to continue. But ultimately, the current situation seems to suggest what was inevitable for a while. Work is scaling down on the game as Crystal Dynamics moves on to other projects, namely the Tomb Raider game they announced they're making in Unreal Engine 5 and the developer helping Microsoft with the new Perfect Dark game. All of this leads to a change of plans different than what I was told last year, and what Crystal Dynamics itself said as late as February. I was told before Spider-Man was released that a roadmap for 2022 Avengers content would be arriving before 2021 ended. That did not happen. In February, Crystal Dynamics said in a blog post that a roadmap was still in the works, but now it's been cancelled completely, according to some Reddit replies surrounding the recent Jane Foster announcement. Some are accusing Crystal Dynamics of lying to me or thinking the or, or the community, but no, I definitely don't think that's what happened here. I simply think plans changed and support for the game in 2022. <laughs> You're laughing your ass off. Uh, support for the game in 2022 has been scaled back to the point where offering a roadmap like they've done in the past does not make sense. Crystal Dynamics just announced that Jane's Fo Jane Foster's Mighty Thor will be coming to the game and she will function as some mirror version of Thor. Uh, yeah, that's basically all you really need to know. Um, rest in peace, Marvel's Avengers. It's all over. No roadmap. No other plans. I mean, yeah, that's they... They, they killed the roadmap for Anthem and the game shortly followed. Yeah. Um, 
A couple, a couple of things. First of all, mm. if you could read all articles from a first-person perspective <laughs> from now on, we'd really appreciate it. Because yeah, I really like enjoyed that. the idea of you being told all of this stuff. <laughs> like you were just there in the background, and you were like, "Are you, mm-hmm. are you talking to me? To me? Can I report this on Game Coffee?" Um, oh, that's funny. But equally, where did you say the story came from? What was the this, source? This was Forbes. This was Paul Tassie. Interesting. Weird that he's not like using Forbes as the pronoun, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like normally it's know. like, you know, told us or like told Forbes, hmm. not told me specifically. But yeah. anyway, that's a non sequitur. I was just interested by that choice. Um, this is not surprising news. I'm more surprised that they've made it this far on like fumes, basically. Like I don't know <laughs> who's been playing their game. As we've reported, not many people. Mm. um and i don't shockingly know shockingly few actually yeah shockingly few uh you couldn't guess how few um, no, <laughs> you certainly couldn't <laughs> and uh, yeah i just they've not been putting out meaningful content it doesn't seem like they've put out meaningful changes to the gameplay loop that make it rewarding or worth playing mm. uh and i don't know how they've kept it chugging along this long so yeah yeah this is maybe the the most unsurprising piece of marvel's <laughs> avengers news yeah. I, I'm mostly surprised that they actually announced Mighty Thor before then saying we're not going to tell you when and also we're never telling you anything ever again about this game. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like I, I you know, what more is there for us to say about Marvel's Avengers because we've taken the piss out of it for like two years running at this point. Guess you could say um, we're beating a dead force. Hey but uh-huh. <laughs> I'll be here for the next yep. hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah there's there's really not a lot to say it's not looking good for that game and if you if if our if our previous reporting didn't tell you enough about how much of a failure that game was and their approach to it was this maybe should um there were a bunch of square enix acquisitions i don't know if you're going to come on to them i'm but, not okay cool um I don't think Crystal Dynamics was one off the top so. of my head. Um, but yeah, these, these happened this month, I think. And, and... Hello. <laughs> We're literally trying to record a show here. Morrison is based in the San Francisco Bay Area. What the? F- I was my phone was just sitting on my bed behind me, and it just heard me say Crystal Dynamics, and Google just started mouthing off about Crystal Dynamics. Go to sleep, wow. maybe? Shilling. What Shilling for Crystal Dynamics. Google. God. Who'd have thought? Honestly. Um, I guess Google is the Google Assistant is the first, like third host of Podcoping. Yeah, who knew? Yeah. Um anyway, yeah, there's really not much more to you say know, about it. The biggest news there actually for me <clears> is the <throat> fact <throat> they're working on another Tomb Raider game because I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. An yeah. Unreal Engine 5. I you know. I can live without it. I played the last one when it became free and it wasn't that fun. Mm, I it, played the, fir- the the last one when it wasn't free mm. and then regretted my decision when it became free. Yeah, I mean, like, it was super, like, fine. It was not anything impressive. Yeah. If I hadn't gotten it for free, I wouldn't have been pleased. But, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I'm surprised they're making another one because, you know, fine, it's in Unreal Engine 5. It'll probably look really pretty, but... They would have to make really meaningful changes to the way that game plays mm. for it to be like fun. Yeah. Um, but hey, that's not what your story was about. But that just did surprise me. I didn't know that. 
it's more interesting than what my story was about. So please, please continue. Jumping hey. ahead to the month of May. Jumping ahead to the month of May. Uh, I'm going to start with the lighthearted one, I think. Um, so this comes from GameSpot's Jessica Howard. Uh, PlayStation has created a gamer dictionary and it's actually incredibly useful. Um, I didn't know about this. This was news to me when I found this article. Mm. Um, so it. yeah, so Sony has released PlayStation's ultimate list of popular gaming related terms. And while that might conjure up images of someone twice your age explaining what poning some noobs means, it turns out it's actually <laughs> like incredibly useful. I like that bit of flair. Uh, published as a part of Sony's quote this month on PlayStation blog, the list contains well over a hundred words and phrases that are all regularly used in gaming spaces. While it does contain more than a few dated phrases, see get good and noob tube, the list delves into plenty of useful terms as well. For example, the list might be helpful to those trying to understand certain game design elements or genres, as it explains things such as what it means for a game to be procedurally generated, as well as the differences between RPGs, ARPGs, JRPGs, and CPRGs. I don't know if that's a typo or if it's <laughs> what, but anyway. Uh, it also covers quite a few more technical and hardware-driven terms, including haptic feedback, ray tracing, resolution, frame rate, and more. For those new to certain genres or online gaming, it also explains concepts like farming, min-maxing, camping, and juggling. Not sure what it means when your teammates tell you to pull aggro or ask about your loadout? Sony's Dictionary covers that too. I like, I like the flair that Jessica right, has put like on this. this article. This is fun. Yeah. Uh, in addition, Sony has also added a few in-game examples to better explain terms. For example, the company included a short paragraph on how area of effect attacks are used in Elden Ring, writing area of effect attacks are frequently used in Elden Ring's boss design with terrifying enemies like Godric the Grafted filling areas of the arena with beds of fire or battering whirlwinds. Uh, the blog also makes mention of Destiny 2's routinely celebrated end-game content, Final Fantasy's signature hit point system, no Man's Sky's procedurally generated world, and much more. Uh, there's a little bit more, but that's basically the gist. I just thought, actually, like, more of this would be quite good for the industry, you know? Mm. I think that, you, you know, you've made jokes about it in videos of how complicated some gaming terminology can be, especially mm. if you're not familiar with it. Yeah. And for casual listeners of a podcast, for example, we bandy around a lot of terms that people might not understand, might mean nothing to them, basically. And yeah. yeah, I just thought it was a cool idea. I thought it was a cool concept to be like, right, here is just a very like easy to understand breakdown of what this stuff actually means. Because yeah. if I'm being honest, I don't know the difference between RPGs, ARPGs, JRPGs, and CRPGs slash CPRGs. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting that they've decided to do it because I don't really understand where it came from, but it is cool. <laughs> and I would like to see more because not, yeah. not more of like, that specifically but just more like accessibility for people who don't play games you know yeah i agree with the with the design element stuff that's really cool uh because uh yeah i've i've alluded to it in videos before but like design terminology is famously inconsistent throughout the industry um because like i'll i'll I've interviewed designers who say one thing and then like textbooks that are written by like academic designers will say another. And then like, obviously you have heaps of content creators online who talk about game design and that's probably more popular and accessible, but they use another set of vocab. Um, so yeah, trying to like, trying to centralize that is a really nice thing. Um, yeah, could definitely use more of that. I do have some questions though. I want to ask you. Mm, hit me. I probably can't uh, tell you. <laughs> yeah, probably. So do you think 
it's going to be like an urban dictionary deal where we can just go on and add stuff. No. It's it's like a PlayStation blog post. That sucks. It's That's locked in because I feel like whatever reasons you have in your head for that being a bad thing or what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what you could be thinking would be a bad thing about it being open, open sourced. Oh, dude, I'm I'm looking at it right now. It's yeah. pretty cool, honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. It it's actually? like it's genuinely it's like a dictionary. It just has like the term and then like three or four lines explaining what it is, and it's super accessible. Like that is actually pretty cool. Yeah, like it has cheesing, which obviously, like to anyone who hasn't played video games forever, it's like, what does cheesing mean? But it's like yeah. refers to an exploit or tactic in a game which either avoids or significantly reduces the challenge of certain enemies or situations. And I'm like. Yeah, that is what cheesing is. Like, <laughs> could you could you do me a favor? Yeah, could you go down? Could you scroll down to P? I can. I don't even have to scroll. I can just get to P. Yeah. Okay, could you go go to P, and then because it's, it's a dictionary alphabetical it's order. Pretty limited. So whatever whatever joke you're going to make is highly dependent. It's limited, really. I mean, there's like, what's what's under P O? There's like there's like six things under P. It's not yeah. like there's no P O. There's no P O. There's no P O. What what? Go on. Pretend like there was a PO. What do you? What do you? What do you think? I don't know. Poggers. Oh, cool. That's totally not here because that's not a real thing. Why? Why doesn't it include like streamer terms? Because that would be that would be infinitely more useful in a lot of ways. That's not true. This is gaming-related terms. Pog is nonsense. Pog is not a real <laughs> word. Yeah, it's an acronym. Play of the game. I'm gonna slap you twice <laughs> next time I see you. Pog, Pog should be in there, then Poggers, then Pog Champ. I'm gonna end the call. The podcast <laughs> is literally gonna be over. Um, for for people who do not commonly understand gaming terms that we use on the show, yeah. or that they see being bandied about in video essays and things like that, this is quite a good starting point just for yeah, like general terms. It's quite cool. Um, yeah. I'm going to keep the tab open and have a flick through later because I actually think it's quite interesting. You should, um, you should do a I mean, word-of-the-day word dictionary segment. Yeah, do you know how long it took me to figure out what ray tracing was organically? It took yeah. me like a year of hearing about it for next-gen consoles before I was like, yeah. I guess I just have to look it up because it is not clear what this is just from talking about yeah. it. You know? And like looking stuff up like that is actually quite difficult without a centralized thing because you usually get directed to like a Reddit thread where someone explains it half-arsed and like mm -hmm. kind of wrong and it's you know not consistent so yeah more centralized places where these things are actually correct and consistent would be good agreed but yeah i thought that was cool that's that's oh, my story that's cool of them um okay i'm gonna go with are you ready to get angry you asked me that question while I was crunching on ice, but yeah, um, yeah why not? <clears throat> okay, this comes from my new favorite write news writer in the games industry. He's he's great because he writes like punchlines. Jason Schreier. Yeah, <laughs> did you know? Um, Gamesindustry.biz, Jeffrey Rousseau. The headline reads... British Gas advises that game consoles on rest mode are vampire devices. I'd forgotten about this. <laughs> <laughs> I blissfully oh, okay. let this fall <clears throat> off my radar. Yeah. yeah. 
UK energy provider British Gas has cautioned consumers on, leading, on leaving video game systems on rest mode, referring to them as vampire devices. Alongside laptops, TVs, and so forth, the company notes these electronics are on standby are part of the reason as to why utility costs might be so high. As reported by Eurogamer, the company said that to aid consumers in saving money, it recommends turning them off when not in use. The report goes on to say the advisory warning has received criticism as it, is, as it allegedly asserts that the responsibility for energy bills falls upon consumers. <laughs> Additionally, Eurogamer notes that British Gas's cautionary advice comes as the country is seeing an energy price hike. While, it, while its energy service providers are seeing growing revenues. Sorry, I just wanted to let that sit, like mm -hmm. the bad fart it was. Mm -hmm. um, is, there, is there any more that you want to add? No, that's, I... that's the whole piece. It's really succinct and really nicely mm. put. Yeah, cool. Um, what wasn't included in that article was that they quoted some really bogus figures about how mm. much money it would save you for the year if you turned your consoles off instead of putting them in standby mode. Mm -hmm. And even at the highest level of usage, like if you have your PlayStation 5 in rest mode, but also have it connected to the internet and downloading stuff, you have the charging ports going, you know, and any functionality that's available in rest mode, you have all switched on. It was like less than a third of what British Gas said it would cost you in a year. So they also yep. just quoted fake figures and seemingly aren't being pulled up on it. Yeah. Uh, I just love the final line of it where it's like, Additionally, Eurogamer notes that British Gas's cautionary advice comes as the country is seeing an energy price hike. And then there's a space, new paragraph, while its energy service providers are seeing growing revenues. <laughs> I'm like, yep, there you go. You, you hit the nail on the head without actually compromising your neutrality. Well done. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's just another example of shitty people trying to make money going oh well everyone's angry you should hate them them video games they're bad you shouldn't like them and you shouldn't have them on in your homes um because it's like what a scapegoat like you're an energy company who's who've just put their prices up by like 52 percent or something and it's gonna go up even more uh and you're saying that new consoles and old consoles that are in rest mode are the problem well sorry but those consoles have been in people's homes for like 20 years at this point more than that and like yeah granted fine we'll talk about the ones that can go into rest mode so yeah you're talking like 10 years those have been in people's homes for 10 years in rest mode not costing that much money so like how are you explaining this ridiculous sudden price hike that you're saying is the consumer's responsibility and fault. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's ask. complete, just, it's it's blame shifting at its, like, highest, which I mean, like, is all we're seeing across the news right now, right? Like, anyone who watches the news or, or keeps up with current events knows that governments and corporations are very much blame shifting at the moment and putting the onus of keeping the planet chugging along on mostly the sort of, middle to lower class and and yeah. making it our problem and not theirs um i was just looking it up so get out of my face sorry i'm being told the meeting is ending again um so here's a response to their claims about uh television savings 
so comparatively not the same as games consoles, but uh, they said £24.61 per year um, for leaving your TV on standby is, is what you'd be paying in extra fees, £24. Uh, somebody worked it out. This is factually incorrect and is shameless scaremongering by British Gas. TVs have been required by law to use 0.5 watts or less per hour in standby since 2013. That's 4.38 kilowatts per year. Uh, with electricity at 30p per kilowatt, it will cost £1.31 per year. They're saying 24.61. The actual yep. figure is closer to £1.31. So they've yeah. overestimated it by a factor of about 24. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they've, they've clearly just gone, like, how much can we get away with here in this report? Like, how much can we just spitball yeah. and just, you know, put our, put our finger on a, on a number and go, yep, 21, that's believable. How much can we like? How, how convincing is it for us to say, uh, yeah, you could save about 150 a year by switching off your devices? It's yeah. not true. Not true. Yeah, that's garbage. And also, like, uh, the, the, the new generation of consoles especially will be even more efficient than the ones that have been in people's homes since 2013. Like the PS5 will be way more, even though it's bigger and probably uses more power, although don't quote me on that when it's on, I would still bet that the software has become more efficient so that when it's in rest mode, it's probably using less power than the PS4 would. Because even like sometimes if you put the PS4 in rest mode, the fan will still be whirring away. And I'm like, cool. What, why? Yeah. <laughs> What's it doing? And I mean, like, it all depends on your settings and stuff anyway, right? Like, mm, if you're yeah, not yeah. somebody who charges things in rest mode or you're not somebody who downloads stuff in rest mode, like, it's only going to be more efficient. It's, yeah, it's just like pausing the console. It's not really turning it, it's not keeping it on. It's just no. like, you know, it's a midway point. But, but yeah. it is, you know, obviously they, they took pops at TV as well and they took pops at whatever, like PCs, but. It's it's very clear like scapegoating and to yeah. bundle consoles in with it is just another example of how like corporations and people generally see gaming as just another like wasteful hobby and and not really worth taking seriously because it's easier to take pops at that than be like well you know we could stop drilling for oil tomorrow or you know we could stop burning hundreds of tons of trash out in the middle of the ocean but we're we're not going to do that we're just going to blame you for keeping your console in rest mode. Yeah, sorry. It's uh, I should have said as well that was um the twenty seventh of April, uh, and since then you'll probably have a better idea of this than I will. They've announced that in a year or two's time, the threshold that energy companies will be able to charge is going up even further. Right. Um, I wish I could say it was a year or two. It's yeah. at the end of this year. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah, Even so um, price caps already went up by 630, 650 pounds at mm -hmm. the start of this year in the UK. And by the end of the year, they're predicting they could be going up by another 800 or so pounds, which would represent a total increase of about 1500 pounds in the average UK household's uh, yearly bills. So yeah, British gas place the blame at our feet again maybe mm. it wouldn't be going up so much if we didn't need oil so badly maybe it's our yeah. fault yeah. uh yeah super scummy that's in one year every single uk household will be about 1500 pounds worse off because mm. of energy companies but yeah tell me again how i should put my console in rest mode mm -hmm. <laughs> <Wank>. yeah <clears throat> yeah thought you'd i thought you'd like that one obviously 
what can I move on to? This one's fun. Uh, this comes from, hold on, my thing is slightly off screen. This one comes from Video Games Chronicle, posted Ooh. by Andy Robinson on the 26th of May. Um, PlayStation says half of its releases will be on PC and mobile by 2025, and PS4 releases will be phased out. Uh, the president of Sony's PlayStation business has said the company expects half of its annual releases to be on PC and mobile by 2025. Speaking during a business briefing on Thursday, I guess the Thursday closest to whenever this was written, <laughs> uh, SIE president Jim Ryan said that expanding to the larger platforms and in particular committing to releasing at least 12 live service games in the coming years could 12. be... 12. Could be, quote, transformational to our business. Yeah, it's gone up. Wasn't it like six, seven? I thought it was like 10 or 11. It's, it's gone up. It's exponential um could be transformational to our business playstation studios historically has executed wonderfully in the delivery of a strong portfolio of narrative rich graphically beautiful single player games but it's certainly the case that we have restricted ourselves to a rather narrow portion of the gaming market ryan said by expanding to pc and mobile and it must be said also to live services we have the opportunity to move from a situation of being present in a very narrow segment of the overall gaming software market to being present pretty much everywhere he continued, I think if we do this right, if we execute with intelligence and we execute with excellence, doesn't really mean anything, the opportunities for significant growth in the number of people who play our games, the number of people who enjoy our games, and the number of people who, most importantly, spend money on our games is exponentially hey, a larger one. Dala dala. I would say, for example, if we're successfully making a portion of the 12 live service games that we have in development in PlayStation Studios, if only a portion of those enjoy a critical and commercial success, then the impact of that over time will be completely transformational to our business structure. Uh, a slide shared during Ryan's presentation also seemed to suggest that PS4 releases would be phased out by 2025. That, that is sense. about it. As you know, Horizon Zero <clears throat> Dawn uh, went to PC in August 2020, Days Gone last May, and God of War earlier this year. Uh, Uncharted 4 and Uncharted Lost Legacy will be making the jump to PC later this year as well. So yeah. It's the track that we're on. Yeah, that seems fair and um, good for them, honestly. Uh, they've needed to do more of this for a while, and I'm glad that they're finally starting to do it with a larger number of their, you know, big releases, because why shouldn't people on PC get to enjoy it? And especially if Xbox are doing so much with Games Pass and, like, you know, opening up their their catalog of games to pc yeah it's 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 a good move and you know a lot of these games will actually get better results on pc in terms of their graphics and their fidelity and stuff if they open open up the settings um yeah I, you know good for them yeah i think we've always been advocates of less exclusivity in gaming yeah. i think that microsoft would probably be in a more comfortable position at the moment if they weren't buying up portions of the market to make them exclusive i think if they actually just focused on making the games they have really good and then making everyone want to play them they'd probably be in mm -hmm. a better position i think that the push towards exclusivity and ring fencing certain you know properties or whatever isn't a good thing for the industry yeah. it makes things less accessible and you're not increasing your market share because less people fundamentally are going to play your games than if you released it on every platform that's just a fact mm -hmm. because not everyone who wants to play halo is going to buy an xbox because it's not feasible for everyone who wants to play halo to buy an yeah. xbox and um, like to be clear it's because oh, i've advocated 
Sony's level of exclusivity many times before. And like, to be clear, it's not just fanboying. I promise it's you need, you need exclusivity to a certain degree. You need games that are just on your platform. Otherwise you're not giving people a reason to buy in. That's why Google, one of the reasons Google Stadia failed is because they didn't have any games for their own platform. Um, but too much, it's a double-edged sword because too much is like you're actively taking away from people who aren't playing on your, like the third party market has to be strong um, as does first party stuff, you know, otherwise it's just not really fair and there's no market share. And I don't know, it doesn't breed a healthy industry to me, but yeah, sorry, continue with what you're saying. No, I mean, yeah, you, you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, like a level of exclusivity is the reason we get gems like Marvel Spider-Man or, you know, God of War because the developers know the platform they're developing for, etc. You know, it's it's good. Um, yeah. But that's not to say that people shouldn't get to play those games. It's just that it allows Sony to breed talent within their own organization, which can then be shared. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. Hey everybody. Uh so Zoom is weird now and it has a 40 minute timer on every single meeting. Uh so it might seem like a jarring cut for us to just go from what Ollie was saying to the next news story, but we can't really remember what we were talking about or I can't remember what I'm saying as I'm saying it. So being <laughs> yeah. being asked to wait like five minutes and then try and pick back up where I left off is impossible. Yeah. So we're just gonna move on to the next story now. So it's uh, it's my turn, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. This comes from GamesIndustry.biz. Jeffrey Russo again. This was on the 22nd of April. Nintendo contractors report harsh working environment. Oh, man. Yep. I mean, like... finally happened. Truly not surprising, really, but no. like, oh, man. Here we go. A Nintendo of America contract employee was fired reportedly after mentioning unionization during a meeting. This incident allegedly led to a labor complaint that claims the gaming giant violated the NLRA, which is the National Labor Relations Act. In an expose from Kotaku, following the case filing, 10 current and former employees spoke with the outlet saying that they felt exploited at the company. Among the number of concerns the sources shared, they noted that speaking about working conditions would lead to retaliation. One current contractor said, quote, the general feeling is that you will be punished for being outspoken at every level, end quote. The report also explains a number of disparities that temporary staff regularly encounter compared to full-timers. For instance, sources told the site that part-timer pay is $16 per hour, with few receiving up to $20 per hour. Nintendo of America is headquartered in Redmond, Washington, near Seattle, which was ranked 15th on Kiplinger's top 10 most expensive cities in the US last year. Temporary staff also experience what is described as unique cycles of employment, according to sources. Staff agencies would provide them 11-month-long contracts with a mandatory two-month break between contracts. The report also added that despite these disparities, contractors would be expected to be as productive as their full-time colleagues. This would include signing up for overtime. 
A source explained to Kotaku that it was difficult to push back against overtime because, quote, our Japanese counterparts would do more, so we have to match what they'd do, end quote. Kotaku also published a companion report uh, about contractors working for an external firm at one of Nintendo's US Joy-Con repair centers. Uh, that report detailed a demanding workplace with high repair quotas that didn't change regardless of the amount of Joy-Cons that needed repairing or the numbers of workers on hand to perform the repairs. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I'm just, I'm like utterly defeated at this point. <laughs> Like, I don't know how no many times we can left. just rehash this bloody conversation in yeah. different forms. <laughs> I, this is why Ollie needs wellness breaks, because, like, this conversation over and over again just takes so much out of him. But, it, like, I don't understand at this point, mm. genuinely, like, like, somebody write in and tell me yeah. why some people in the US don't support unions, especially, mm. like why there are outspoken advocates against uni- unionization in the gaming industry. And mm. generally, they're people who I think would benefit from it. Yeah, I don't understand why you're saying we don't need unions, we don't need collective bargaining, we don't need a safety net because these companies treat us like shit. Like, I don't understand mm-hmm. how you don't think you need the, the power of collective bargaining when the alternative is 11-month contracts and then you have to wait two months with no income, no pay, no safety net, no nothing, just for them to give you another 11-month contract, probably fully in the knowledge that they were always going to give you that contract, but just wanting to circumnavigate any sort of need to give you benefits or need to treat you like a real employee, because why would they? You're just a contractor. I don't understand how you can be anti-union when companies are like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so angry. (laughs) But I can't formulate a thought because every company is like this. Every company that is for profit, you know, no matter how innocent they seem on the surface, no matter what they portray themselves in like the public eye, Mm. they are always going to be like this. They are always going to push their employees to deliver undeliverable levels of productivity, despite the fact they don't pay them adequately to live their lives outside of work. They are going yeah. to keep them basically in, in all ways except literally physical chained to their desks because they don't have any other choice. They mm-hmm. have to work in these crappy conditions because the alternative is to work somewhere probably with less pay and less benefits, which is saying something. The mm. state of the US labor market, but also just <laughs> generally labor markets at the moment is foul. Like it is just... <laughs> It is manipulative. It's foul. It's manipulative. It is totally turned against the worker (laughs) to the point where any move you make just fucks you more. I cannot vocalize how bad it is. And it is not actually surprising that Nintendo is the exact same way because uh, the above reasons. Yeah. Um... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, the reason why people are afraid to speak out is because they're like well yeah we're backed into a corner and we have terrible working conditions but also if we do speak out and that somehow gets back to nintendo we just don't get anything and then it's like you know and you know think about the the people who have to be 
contractors like they they maybe don't have as much experience as the people who are getting full-time staff jobs or they've been unlucky or you know th- there's reasons why they're on contract jobs instead of getting full-time jobs and that's not their fault i'm you know i'm in that position myself at the moment like these are people who don't have the the uh the the power to really do anything um the bargaining power i should say um and yeah so they they can it's the fear of being back in unemployment because they've tried to form a union to just get their fair their their fair wages and their their what they're due uh yeah it's and that's what i mean that's what i mean when i say like in all ways except literally physical they're chained to their desks because yeah they don't have another option people who just say oh just go and find another job beforehand like (laughs) any other job is going to treat them the exact same way because the labor market at the moment hates its workers and doesn't want to pay them a fair wage despite the fact that basically every single company especially gaming companies Mm. reported record profits during lockdown you know yeah over and above the highest profits sales you know quickest sales biggest growth across Uh the past two years of the pandemic and yet they can't afford to pay their workers enough to live like genuinely like to have a roof over their head no why why would they because then they would have to Mm. provide them with healthcare, or then they would have to provide them with you know (laughs) the promise of work next week when mm-hmm. and it's much easier to just say, well, you're on contract, so we might not renew. And uh, yeah, you're going to have to leave for two months. We'll definitely give you the contract when you come back, but it's just about circumnavigating those nasty benefits. Like, yeah. what re- what bloody reason <laughs> can they even like serve up to these people? Like, shit on a platter of like, here's yeah. the reason we can't just hire you. Here's the reason you need to have a two month break. It's all hollow and evil <laughs> yeah no it is though it it totally is and i mean yeah rewind because we can track this we can track this back a couple of episodes because i edited a clip of it and i still find it really funny to this day it's the one where i report like nintendo's sales are down and it's still like in the billions of yen and i'm just pissing myself laughing because you're doing a bit and you're like we're in the red boys and it's like it's it's so funny. And like, you know, you talk about like Japanese businessmen jumping from the skyscrapers, and I'm absolutely dying with laughter. But like they're they're in that position. They have so much money. And like I don't I don't really care. You can make excuses and go, oh, well, this is Nintendo of America and this is Nintendo Japan. And like, you know, that's not where the money probably is. And I'm like, bullshit. Because it's Nintendo nonetheless, and they're still raking in so much money every single year. You just reported earlier in the show that Nintendo have overtaken PlayStation 4 sales. like 107 million Switches worldwide in much less of a span than the PS4 has been out. Like It is insane how soon they will overtake PS4 sales worldwide, because they definitely will. They are doing numbers they have never done before numbers that seemed completely inconceivable a few years ago mm-hmm. and yet they refuse to treat their employees like human beings yeah it's 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 dreadful and like of all of the of all of the games companies you would want to see this least at nintendo like you just you just don't want to see that at their feet like this is this is the company that 
prides itself on like being very wholesome and like providing you with nostalgia and providing kids with games to play absolutely god-awful look for a company like that no matter where they're based like it's what they've it's that image that they've built but this hasn't just suddenly started happening this has probably been the practice for 10 years or more and we're just finding out about it now and that's why this sort of bullshit advertising is so effective and why you know mm-hmm. rolling out doug bowser or reggie Philzame is so effective because yeah. you can do a goofy little animation where he talks to bowser on screen but he's bowser in real life and it totally yeah. detracts from the fact that actually their employees aren't being treated like people and probably I, haven't been i would love to hear reggie's take on this not because i mean like you say the chances of this being a, a thing that has been around since you know, well into his tenure, like chances are strong because this, this sort of thing doesn't just creep in overnight. This is probably a culture that's that's been there for a while, especially because Nintendo, like Rockstar, uh, are very closed doors and very like, you know, we operate under complete secrecy and NDAs. And that's probably another reason why that the, these employees, contractors or not, can't speak up because probably there are legally things in there and their NDAs that they have to sign that say you can't disclose where you're working, you can't disclose what you're working on, and you can't join unions. Probably probably something in there that's similar to that if it's not that, you know, phrasing. Um and if it's if it's behind closed doors as much as Nintendo is, I would not be surprised if there's more to this that discourages people from from speaking up. Yeah, almost definitely. Hey, interesting that you we're talking about sort of Reggie's perspective. This isn't mm. a news story that I picked, but I did see a headline about him being in support of NFTs and crypto recently, <laughs> which I was like, man, that's the first bad Reggie take I've seen in a while. Oh, no, the but, red flags are going to start coming in now. Yeah, they? I mean, that's the thing is like, I should have mm. known that that was a precursor <laughs> to, oh, it turns out there's abuse happening within within Nintendo. You know, yeah. It's, God, it's, I would be heartbroken. There's definitely heartbroken. though. That's the thing. That yeah. definitely is. It's turtles all the way down. Like the second you think, oh, this is as bad as it gets, there's just something else underneath mm-hmm. it that makes it even worse. Yeah. I have no faith anymore. No. I, I refuse to be illusioned. Well, it's impossible to have I'm any purely it's disillusioned. To have any faith when Nintendo, the, the wholesome one of the bunch, is still this fucked up like come on like you can you can throw this at sony's feet and be like oh well you've got pedophiles working for you and you hate women and you can like you can be like oh that's just that's just gross but oh i can kind of believe it nintendo is just like it just hurts because it's like you liars (laughs) this is not your culture at all it's almost like they make images of their companies so that Mm. we love them and then we don't hold them accountable for the terrible things they do. Is this where we start talking about personalized marketing? No, because we're moving on. (laughs) (laughs) This comes from Kotaku. Uh, Might be an interesting one from Ethan Gatch. Gach? I don't know. Uh, Report. You've said Gatch on previous episodes, I think. I could have been speaking about a different person. Report EA looking to sell or merge. Um, yeah this is why i was telling you to go away earlier because you were sending me (laughs) stories that i already selected i sent you that story and you were really mean it mean to me i was like what's what's in you to be fair you didn't send it from kotaku i sort this out um this might be a bit long because it is a report but i'm just gonna read like the highlights at the start and then see where we get to 
Um, so the video game market is consolidating like never before, as we've discussed on this show, and Electronic Arts is scrambling like everybody else. The Battlefield and FIFA maker, sidebar, they've changed the name of FIFA now, right? It's like... Yeah, it's EAFC and then the year, I believe. Yeah, so I mean, that's like a sidebar, but fun thing. But anyway, the Battlefield and FIFA maker recently pursued a merger with NBC Universal and also held potential acquisition talks with Disney, Apple, and other companies, according to a new report by Puck. Don't know who that is. While a deal isn't currently in the works, it doesn't sound like EA plans to give up anytime soon. Quote, in recent years, as media companies have taken greater interest in the rapidly growing gaming industry, Wilson and Electronic Arts have held talks with a number of different potential suitors, including Disney, Apple, and Amazon. Sources with knowledge of those talks told me, wrote Puck's veteran media reporter Dylan Bayers. Uh, several sources familiar with these talks say EA has been persistent in pursuing a sale and has only grown more emboldened in the wake of the Microsoft Activision deal. Others say that EA is primarily interested in a merger arrangement that would allow Wilson to remain as chief executive of the combined company. Why? Um, yeah, why, right? Why, why would that be? Uh, but it was apparently a deal with NBC Universal that got the farthest along. According to Bayer's Comcast CEO, Brian Roberts was looking to spin off the entertainment conglomerate into a separate entity with EA with one version of the deal leaving current EA CEO, Andrew Wilson, in charge of the new mega business. Negotiations eventually fell apart over price, however, which makes sense. Uh, EA spokesperson John Reesberg said, we don't comment on rumors and speculation. We're proud to be operating from a position of strength and growth with a, por with a portfolio of amazing games built around powerful IP, Mm -hmm. made by incredibly talented teams and a network of more than half a billion players. We see a very bright future ahead. Uh, stuff about video game acquisitions, which we all know about and we've spoken about. Mm -hmm. uh, EA spent $5 billion over the last year buying up studios to increase its size, but now it appears the publisher has been aggressively pursuing other ways of scaling up. Bayer's reports that Wilson approached Disney as recently as March in pursuit of what sources described as a more meaningful relationship than licensing deals. Um, which makes sense because obviously EA handle all the Star Wars stuff. So it's probably like, hey, you know how we've been handling Star Wars? How about we do that under your umbrella? Um, but yeah, that's that's the essence of the story. They've not gotten further along seemingly with anyone else at the moment. Um, hold on, this news comes as EA has lost or abandoned some of its biggest existing licensing deals. Uh, While well, the publisher recently revealed three new Star Wars games currently in production, as we reported, um, its exclusivity deal with Disney for the Star Wars license isn't going to be renewed when it expires in 2023. That's allowed competitors like Quantic Dream and Ubisoft to announce their own big Star Wars projects. EA also revealed last week that it's ending a similar 10-year exclusivity deal with FIFA and rebranding as EA Sports FC. Uh, so yeah. I uh, have a story next up mm. which is going to be the exact same conversation so i'm just going to get it out of the way now yeah, games radar plus uh hyron crier i believe is how you pronounce that name april 25th ubisoft is reportedly up for sale a new report claims private equity firms are eyeing up an acquisition of ubisoft as reported by bloomberg where have we heard that before? Talks are being held about the potential of several private equity firms acquiring Ubisoft. Talks are apparently early on, but include private equity firms like Blackstone Inc. and KKR & Co. And several current and former Ubisoft developers told Kotaku they believe the company will eventually be sold. 
This is according to the developers Kotaku spoke to due to the flagging stock price of Ubisoft over the last year or so. Additionally, Kotaku reports that Ubisoft has been auditing various parts of its business with several outside consultancy firms. And while this is standard practice for any business, Kotaku's sources claim this is in preparation for an acquisition. When asked about a potential acquisition as recently as February 2022, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot said that the company, quote, can remain independent, end quote, but would consider acquisition offers. Guillemot decided, uh, sorry, indicated that no acquisition offer for Ubisoft had been made at the time, adding that, quote, we will not speculate on why people haven't made an offer, end quote. <laughs> Noted um, enemy of the show, Yves Guillemot, coming out with a hot take there. I don't know why anyone wouldn't buy our company. Yeah, our company is the least abusive, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dick. And then on the 4th of May 2022, uh, an update to this was published. Uh Gilmo family is considering purchasing Ubisoft. Um, so reportedly they are um the family is because it's not just Eves, it's his sons who are like wealthy. Um they are the ones like talking to the private equity firms and trying to like get a deal together to actually like buy the company outright. Um what's interesting. Yeah, tell me. Is the um you know what all of these employees at these companies mm-hmm. seem to think there's some sort of wealth disparity between them <laughs> and the senior management. I don't know and why they think that. It's like, come it's on, guys. Actually, like they're just get, get your hand out of their pockets. Would they're you? just buying a multi-billion-dollar company with their own wealth. I don't understand why you <laughs> think that's not fair. <laughs> I don't, under- think, uh, I don't understand why you think you're being underrepresented in the industry. You're obviously being paid enough. You go and buy Ubisoft if it bothers you so much. Maybe it's because you're lazy. Maybe it's because you're not pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, you know, working from home has killed productivity for you people. <laughs> to mute myself so I could scream. Uh, I have um, no mouth, but I must scream. Uh, Ollie, I'm going to have to buy a hat and eat it. Mm-hmm. Because months ago, when Bethesda and when what was the other one that was bought over my uh, Activision. Activision, Activision, that's it, acquisition. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do they it. They rebranded after the sale. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. I I said to the world and the universe if Ubisoft because everyone then was like oh my god Ubisoft's next everyone they're, they're, they're gonna buy Ubisoft and I was like guys Ubisoft are not going to be bought over they are not because they are simply too big I'm gonna have to buy a hat and I'm gonna have to eat the hat because this actually looks like it's a possibility that might happen granted it's still in early talks and to be honest if the Gilmo family buy the company that they're That's already really running, like count. get go, f- come on, get grow up. Um, but EA, even so, like they're even bigger. I would argue. Uh, and you know, I just, I just feel like the people in charge of these companies are seeing all of the bad press that, like, we report episode in and episode out, and they're just going, do you know what? I could just take a nice buyout and this wouldn't be my problem anymore. This could could, be someone else's issue to deal with. That's what it feels like. Go the way of Bobby Kotick with his golden parachute. Yep. And I could 
drop a hefty sum on myself, hand these problems over to somebody else, and take an early retirement where I continue to consult in the exact same way that I currently run the company. Yeah. Only it's consulting. You know, it's... it's- it's disgusting and it's sickening and I hate it. Scummy! And I can't <laughs> believe that... Because, like, I, I, we ni- neither of us were fans of Activision Blizzard being bought over by Microsoft for so many reasons. You can go back to the episode where that happened and you can listen to us yabber on about it for minutes and minutes and minutes. But, like, I, I, this is... It's even worse now in hindsight because it's setting a precedent for the rest of the industry to just go, do you know what? we might as well just take the buyout and make this someone else's problem and be what well, seems like lazy because like these are companies that are in disrepair, but they're not like they're not beyond fixing. If they had actually just gone to the effort of going, do you know what? Bioware is the epitome of what is wrong with a company. We need to like sort ourselves out and fix things. If they'd like done that properly and they worked from the bottom up to fix things. They they probably would be on a on a course to recovery at this point. Same with Ubisoft. If they if they'd actually listened to their employees, not followed Activision Blizzard's example, and you know tried to instill some sort of healthy working environment, and also not made stupid decisions by going, "Hey guys, we publish first person or, or we fu- publish single player games. We're just going to make them all multiplayer and games as a service games." Like, how about make a sensible decision and then continue to make money in a good way and in a way that supports the rest of the games industry? Don't completely just continually trip over yourself and then go do you know what i don't fancy it anymore actually just someone buy us out because i don't care this can be sony's problem do you know what's funny it's it's the bloody it's the rumor the pervasive rumor mm -hmm. the millionaires and billionaires work that much harder than Mm -hmm. people on the ground level and it's like, yeah, they earn that massive salary because they work 16 hour days and they never really switch off bullshit do they not Mm -hmm. because if they were willing to do the hard work that you're describing if they were willing to look at their company from the bottom up and go this is where we're toxic this is where we need to cut around the wound and get rid of all this shit and Mm -hmm. actually make something worth keeping they go yep that seems like a lot of work and it would probably involve me also personally changing which i'm not willing to do because i grew up in the 90s at college with bro culture and actually (laughs) now I'm pretty happy with the way that people are abused in my company because it's how I've always had it. So I'm not going to do the hard work. I'm going to take the buyout. I'm going to take my $15 million that I get for free and I'm going to continue working for the company and take no bad press for it. Yeah. And it's like, do you know, I I, I don't actually think this is going to work out for either of them because they are too big still. I don't, I don't actually see Sony going to these companies and going, yeah, we would consider buying it because it's like, imagine imagine the tour because it's like buying a house, right? Imagine going around the house and seeing like rotting walls, mold on the ceilings, the electrics don't work, like the kitchen needs redone. Like you're, Sony has enough money to buy a really nice house that doesn't need the work done to it and can make them a lot more money and is a higher value. So they're not going to go around a shit heap and go, do you know what? Yeah, we're going to buy this up for the properties that you guys can't handle. Because like, why would they care? And Microsoft, who we've seen would actually be up for doing that and doing a fixer-upper job, 
now can't because they're being sued by New York and a bunch of other places for trying to create a monopoly in a massive market. And it's like, well, you guys might have to actually, you know, sort yourselves out instead of just getting a buyout because I don't actually see anyone buying these companies. Yeah. I mean, it would literally have to be from probably an investment group or, you know, an, an internal acquisition essentially. You know, there's there's very little to be said for another company acquiring them at this point. But yeah. you know, that being said, I mean, obviously Netflix isn't in a position where they could buy them, but streaming services like Netflix and like Amazon are moving more into mm. well, you know, why don't we try game streaming? Why don't we start up our own studios in XYZ? Amazon is a company that could probably afford to buy Ubisoft or EA. Amazon can afford anything. Yeah. <laughs> Disney as well, you know, obviously, you know, <clears throat> EA went to Disney and said, How about it? You know, these are companies, there are companies floating around out there that could and sort of mm. have an interest in in the market. It just requires the right deal being reached. Yeah. Um, I hope they don't. I hope they collapse, mm. but that will never happen because bad things keep happening constantly and they never stop. Thank yeah. you for <laughs> listening to the segment of the podcast. <laughs> this is a new segment. Ollie's depressed. Uh, it's now the whole show. Okay, continue. I wish I could, but, but I have another one. <laughs> Oh no, I thought that was the end of it. My last one's like quite no, uplifting. I have your last one. Do you only have one more? Yeah, I only have one more. Oh, I have two more. Do you? I don't, I don't know what's happened there. Okay, I don't well, know what's happened either. I'm going to just try and blast through this. Ooh. I think. Oh, okay. Is it quick? It's. It can be. I don't think it probably well, should I'm be. Because I'm looking at the timer. Uh, Four minutes 30. Uh, Coming from Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, Sony PlayStation staff fume over CEO's abortion comments. That's right. Some staff at Sony Group Corp are seething following an email Thursday from the head of PlayStation that urged employees to, quote, respect differences of opinion on abortion rights before entering into five detailed paragraphs about his two cats' first (laughs) birthday. The email opens by addressing several current events, including the recent leak of a draft U.S. Supreme Court opinion that signaled an intention to overturn the landmark 1973 case Roe v. Wade, which legalized abortion nationwide. Many corporations have (laughs) felt pressure from employees to comment on the case, but most video game companies have remained silent on the matter. There are a few notable exceptions. Uh, Bungie Inc., the developer of the Destiny game, called the decision a direct attack on human rights. Uh, Awkward. Yeah, which is awkward because Sony agreed to buy Bungie. Yeah. But in the email seen by Bloomberg, PlayStation president Jim Ryan didn't take a stance on abortion rights, instead writing that the company and its community are multifaceted and diverse, holding many different points of view. He wrote that we owe it to each other and to PlayStation's millions of users to respect differences of opinion among everyone in our internal and external communities. Respect does not equal agreement, but it is fundamental to who we are as a company and as a valued global brand. Ryan then went on to write that he would like to share something lighthearted to help inspire everyone to be mindful of having balance that can help ease the stress of uncertain world events. Seeing it was recently his two cats' first birthday, (laughs) collaborating over the next few paragraphs about his cat's birthday cakes, their noises, and his desire to one day get a dog. Internal discussions viewed by Bloomberg, which haven't been previously reported, employees at several PlayStation studios expressed their displeasure at the tone of the email. Some women, go figure, wrote that they felt their rights were disrespected or trivialized by the message. One employee said they'd never been so mad about a cat birthday before. Oh, so fair. Do you think, like, 
like like is there any situation besides this where it is better to remain silent on abortion rights than to I speak mean, out on them i i the playstation blog especially the last couple of years has really like upped its game it's 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 more worth reading and there are like interesting articles on there and like they talk to interesting people uh, who let jim ryan just go fucking nuts on the keyboard like don't let him do that ever again this is like this is probably you know the the feminism stories and the the pedophilia stories that we've reported about sony in the past couple of months like there's no there's no way that jim ryan doesn't know about them and hasn't seen the news stories or been asked in some way about them it's it's unimaginably tone deaf and stupid and terrible of him to make any comment about abortion that isn't we are completely pro-choice because like if you want any any respect for your business this is the last fucking thing you would do and i'm sorry it's such a meme of itself going i'm just gonna talk about my cat listen like guys i know that we have a lot of problem with not respecting women and their boundaries in the workplace i know that we have a history of sexism and uh discrimination so about that abortion law you know we can disagree we can agree to disagree how about my cats right Oh, it's, it's so bad. Inconceivably stupid. Yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's move yeah. on before you Jim Ryan explodes. Everybody. Yeah. Jim Ryan, friend of the show. Enemy. <laughs> I'm making a list. Oh, no. Oh, no. How are, you doing over there? How are you doing over there, bud? Oh, I'm just so super swell <laughs> and so full of life and vigor. I'm just so glad that this is the hobby to which we dedicated a significant portion of our lives. <laughs> I'm so glad that the CEO of a company that has given us probably tens of thousands of hours of entertainment looked at his stance on abortion rights and went, guys, I'm thinking about getting a dog, actually? Is that crazy? Like, isn't it mad? Like, okay, so I had my cat's first birthday. It was really cute. But, you know, we did the whole thing, banners, ribbons, they meowed. It was fantastic. Bunting. You know, we got them a cake. It was uh, chocolate fudge. They couldn't eat it, but we could. And it was sort of like a little, uh, it was like a funny joke because like we got them a cake, they couldn't eat it. And then like, oh, like, do I get a dog? <laughs> I nearly oh, exploded no. because doing the bit was making me angry. Yeah, yeah. What's you're, your you're last developed. story? My last story is actually like a really happy one. It's more, it's more of a public service announcement than any, than an actual news story. Um, so this comes from the loadout, uh, and the author is unlisted. That's curious. Yeah. Uh, the headline reads: Disney Speedstorm will be free to play on PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. What is that? A new, a new video. Uh, it's. I will send you a trailer for okay. it. It is a Disney licensed kart racing game, and it looks incredible. It looks so good. Like Bold. the graphics are amazing. It looks like it plays really well. Uh, and yeah, in a new video they released, uh, it said that 
it's coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, NES, and it's going to be free to play. It's also going to be on PC and Nintendo Switch. Um, I think it's coming this year, I want to say, or next year. Um, I'll like add it into a public server, public service announcement when the release date is actually out. But uh, it's super exciting. It looks like a really good game, and PlayStation don't really have kart racing games in their roster. Uh, and this is like Disney licensed, so it's gonna um, be really fun. Crash Team Racing. Don't talk about Crash Team Racing. I don't want Garfield Kart. Yeah, that's not no. You've got no. nothing. Do you know what, you know what this is? It's probably just like uh Disney builds goodwill with a free-to-play game just before it turns out <laughs> that they're euthanizing dogs on site at Disney World the whole time you're on the rides. It's powered yeah. by Death Dog. <clears throat> like yeah. it's nothing good. There's nothing good there's nothing coming good out of it. Pure in the world anymore. Ah, there's no, there's no good worth fighting for, Mister Frodo. It's all shit. A world worth it's all fighting CEOs. for. CEOs. Love it. Well, Elon that's cool. Musk is gonna buy EA, and he's gonna be the new CEO. He's gonna be the new most punchable CEO in the industry. I'll play a Disney car the, racing game. I'm gonna play as Mushu. The previous CEO of EA was the plays Mushu the dragon from the industry. Do you not want to comment on maybe Elon Musk potentially um, buying EA? (laughs) Plays Eugene from Tangle. I know how much you love Elon Musk. Somebody tell me the horse's name from Tangle. I know it has a name. It looks like a soldier. It wears armor. I'm pretty sure. Help! I'm yeah. being forced to record this show against my will, and this is my <laughs> cry for help. Uh, I'm holding you hostage across multiple Zoom calls because the CEO of Zoom was like, "Hey, we need to watch our bottom line, so everyone's on 40 minute timers now." It's just like there's just a gun to my head, and it's the whole world. <laughs> My final story comes from IGN. Uh, no author, potentially. Oh, there you go. It's Adam Bankhurst. Oh, nice. Um, friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. This is more public service announcements disguised as a story because it's the PlayStation nice. State of Play for June 2022. Oh, lovely. lovely. Good Everything announced. I know, right? I was saving Except it because I knew I would need it. Except when you nope. take into Everything announced, including Final Fantasy 16 and Resident Evil 4 Remake. <laughs> Uh, the latest PlayStation State of Play has arrived, and it did not disappoint. I would agree, actually. From a new look and release window for Final Fantasy XVI, to the long-awaited reveal of Resident Evil 4 Remake, to the first gameplay of Street Fighter VI, to a release date for Stray, you could have done less twos, Adam. Mm-hmm. There was a wide range of games featured in this show. This roundup, thank you, will gather each and every announcement and trailer in one place. Go and look it up on their website. I'm not doing it. Um, Final Fantasy 16 will officially be released in summer. Uncertain when, but summer 2023. It looks sick. Looks very, very cool. Uh, It features some of our favorite summons, icons in Final Fantasy 16, apparently, although icons are spelled like E I K O N S. Uh, How else would you? I I guess they're like drawing on the Eidolons thing they've done previously, which is E I, but. It's anyway, so uh, including Phoenix, Titan, Garuda, Rama, just glazed Shiva, over my bit. Odin, just completely glazed over it. Bahamut and Ifrit. 
uh, Final Fantasy XVI's protagonist, Clive Rosfield, which just sounds like a, a guy manly. Sounds like a name. porn star. It sounds, sounds like, like a, a male evil porn character, star. actually. Yeah. Um, Funny how those two things are linked. Karen. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the game can currently be played from start to finish, apparently, and the team is using all the mm. time between now and release to polish the game the best they can. Uh, it looks really, really cool. It's like a hack and slash now, and it's like leaning more and more into that from the sort of Final Fantasy 13 onward uh, sort of framework. Uh, but it looks really cool. Go and check out the trailer. Um, it's not going to feel like a unique, uh, or sorry, like a traditional um, Final Fantasy game. It's going to be something new and unique. Uh, next up, Resident Evil 4 Remake was officially announced. It's officially on its way, and it will be released on March 24th, 2023. Or will it? Delays? Question mark. Capcom is looking to reimagine the storyline of the game while keeping the essence of its direction, modernizing the graphics, and updating the controls to a modern standard. PSVR 2 owners will also be able to look forward to some type of VR content, although no further details were given. Uh, it looked really cool again. It looked like a pretty faithful reimagining of it so far. Obviously, it's just a reveal trailer, and it was all cutscene content, really. But I think it's pretty faithful. I think there's some good stuff to be said for what they showed off. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Resident Evil 3 remake was a bit of a shitter, so they're, they're batting not terrible average but they could be doing better. Uh, equally, Resident Evil Village is getting the VR treatment. Uh, it's going to be made available to PlayStation VR 2, and yes, it will be the complete campaign, meaning you'll have to experience redacted in VR. I don't know what it means, redacted. I don't know what they're referencing, but there you go. I played the game and I don't know what they're redacting. Lady Dimitrescu sucking on your hands. I would like to experience that in VR, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, VR will also let players guard by actually lifting their arms and will give them the op op uh, option to use different weapons in each hand for even more combat opportunities. I did pick up on that in the trailer. Uh, who, what's the character's name? Ethan was holding a shotgun and a pistol in each hand. So that's pretty cool. Not like, not like he had a shotgun and a pistol in each hand. Like he had one hand yeah. had a pistol and one hand had a shotgun. It's not each like he hand was, was quadruple wielding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Street Fighter 6's first gameplay trailer was shown alongside a 2023 release window. Uh, Capcom has provided fans with an extended look at gameplay. It's being built on Capcom's RE engine, which is interesting because I already feel like that's looking a little bit dated, but I mean, it was introduced for Resident Evil 7. I guess it's not surprising that they're going to carry it forward. Um, it looked like there was going to be some open world gameplay and Street Fighter fans will be happy to know Ryu, Chun-Li, Luke, and newcomer Jamie are already signed on to the roster. Uh, ba -ba -ba, Horizon Call of the Mountain will let you experience Horizon in a whole new way. Um, I'm not going to read the whole shebang for this. It's basically uh, specifically for PlayStation VR 2 like, spin-off game of Horizon. Um, it looks pretty cool. You'll be able to manually string your bow, take down mighty machines, all the rest of it. Um, could be potentially a good showpiece for PSVR 2, you know. Could be interesting, maybe not. We'll wait and see. I mean, I've not still played Forbidden West, even though it's sitting on my hard drive, so we'll see. Same here. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West has got a major update, Just, which includes New Game Plus. Uh, new Game Plus trophies, ultra-hard difficulty, a way to reset skills, performance mode, and something called Transmog. Yeah, do Transmog. Okay, cool. Yep. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is. I can tell you. I, I genuinely have no idea. No. Uh, the Callisto Protocols gameplay <laughs> trailer confirms our December 2022 release date. Looks pretty cool. Um, optimistic release date. I don't know how long they've been working on this or how long it is. Mm. Um, it looks like a Dead Space clone, I'm not going to lie. It looks cool, but it's like the exact same sort of conceptual vibes. It's like, hey, you know, you're in a prison instead of on a space station, but it's going to be the similar like... Space station. Yeah. Tight corridors, um, you know, survival horror, low ammo, lots of melee combat. It's going to be quite similar to Dead Space. They even have like a gravity mitt thing, which is quite similar Mm -hmm. to the like stasis gun, I think, in Dead Space. But it's being made by the guy that created dead space so it makes sense that it would look the same yeah i see that game coming out in december but being buggy yeah, yeah. it's frame rate is going to be all over the place i would i would imagine that's my guess that's just yeah. my hunch i i mean it's one of the only games that was announced as being released this year mm-hmm. so i feel like they have to stick to it but it's yeah gonna be gonna be an interesting yeah. one i don't know why this guy thinks oh they're making a dead space remake now is my time to also do a dead space remake and just call it something different but you know yeah different strokes i suppose i'm excited mm. i'll play it i i might <laughs> i'll, I'll I wait wanna... and see the news about yeah. the dead space remake first yeah if it's good i'll play it yeah mm. but like I, I i want a scary game and dead space is supposed to be scary and that looks scary so i'm, I'm up for it dead space is scary mm. uh this is the biggest news story <laughs> stray gets a release date yep Alongside the announcement, it will be free for PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium members. Oh, yeah. so good. Stray, the much-anticipated so game starring an adorable cat, will be released on July 19th, next month. Furthermore, it will be free for those subscribed to the new Extra and Premium tiers of the new PlayStation Plus. It's really hype. You should go I'm, look I'm up so the, the next trailer because it gave just enough away about the gameplay that I was like, yeah, if this wasn't like an instant get before, now it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, huge. That's free. That's that's massive. Like that was considering that was like when they initially did their PS5 showcase. Stray was one of the games in that showcase, and now they're just going, yeah, guys, it's free if you buy into our middle tier of PlayStation Plus. Like, yeah. that's huge. That's massive. They're, they're doing the Game Pass. They probably won't stick yeah. to it in the same way, but you know, they're saying here's a cool first party game that we've announced that people are excited for. Have it for free. It's coming out next month. Like that's yep many big swings that all hit for me yeah um god there's still tons of stuff on this i'm gonna start being selective Mm -hmm. uh like i already spoke about marvel spider-man and miles morales are going to be on pc in 2022 no man's sky is getting a playstation vr2 port there's a new bike game called season a letter to the future which looks very indie and cute and a very duncan game and not a very ollie game yay um it's about quote exploring recording meeting people and unraveling the strange world around you oh, i'm so excited very cute uh the walking dead vr game that people may know of from like oculus and stuff is getting a sequel chapter on playstation vr2 which looks pretty cool uh there's some weird anime dating action game and there's uh trying to like there's a futuristic skater shooter called rollerdrome which has the same art style as sable but is going to be on rollerblades and you're going to shoot people with guns yeah and tunic is coming to playstation this september Uh, apparently that game reviewed really well and was quite cute so yeah yeah check it out that's me i am excited for rollerdrome 
I think that, that game looks cool, and I'll yeah. I'll play anything else with that art style. To be honest, uh, so excited for Stray. I'm gonna play the show that game. Uh, Callisto Protocol definitely. Uh, Season, which is the bike game, and um, it, it actually looks like a like a walking simulator, but you're on a bike. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's I'll, a biking simulator. It reminds me actually of um, Lake, which came out last year, which is now on the PlayStation Store. If you were holding out for that, uh, you can get Lake. And it, I played the demo for it, and it was actually really nice. Uh, and then Tunic, yeah, I'm excited to play that. Definitely. There you yeah. have it. Pretty, pretty decent state of play, to be honest. Yeah, I they did it. their usual. They did some weird stuff where they were like, here's a bunch of like really hard, heavy hitters, and then here's a random like indie game or whatever. But yep. it's sort of becoming their new formula, so I'm yeah. down with it. Yeah. Uh, and no news about God of War, which was interesting. Um, because they're Although, just they're it seems like they're actually getting off on everyone being either team delay or team no delay. Like they're they're benefiting from the buzz. I think I they're think, probably just gonna let it brew. Yeah, and I think the fact they have made it a PlayStation Plus game and the fact that it's obviously made its way to PC now, I think are yeah. good indicators that that game is probably coming this year. But I was holding out for a delay personally. I'll yeah. I'll be disappointed I mean, if my prediction was too. wrong. But you know. Yeah. I won't. I won't be disappointed if it comes out and it's good. I just wanted mm-hmm. to be. I wanted to be right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I would. I was. I was also expecting Last of Us remastered or remake news because that's supposedly a December twenty twenty thing. But I guess I'll just do that in a PlayStation blog, I imagine. Yeah. Or with like a reveal trailer at some later point. Um, but yeah, that is news coping. So that is you caught up in that however long it was, like an hour long segment. You're all caught up for the last two months of gaming news. You're welcome. You're welcome. Congratulations. And it's now time to move on to our final segment of the show. For those who don't know, we also have a YouTube channel called Game Coping, where you can find video essays about all things video games. We end every single episode of this show with a shout out to a random subscriber from our YouTube audience to thank them for their support. In return, we ask that you continue to enjoy what we bring you, but we tentatively request that you maybe give us a shout out to anyone you know that might enjoy our work. So, without further ado, this episode's random subscriber is Joshua Watts. Joshua Watts. Yeah. Son of James Watts. John Watts. Who invented Watts? I can't even remember at this point. No, I um, can't. But this guy seems very, very cool. Uh, he looks as though he is a developer making a game in unity i think if i'm remembering that rightly because uh, he posts a couple of videos of him working in unity on this game and it looks like it's a game about a duck or a swan or a goose i'm not really sure which something avian in space i hope it's a goose yeah me too not not because it's like goose game or anything just because it's yeah. the best one to say out loud yeah, I just enjoy goose, goose in space. Goose in space, yeah. Um, Either way, it actually looks like a very funky little game, and I'm intrigued, so I might send him a message or something or try and find his work. And that's like, cool. hey, that's awesome. Such talented people have started yeah. subscribing to the channel. Thank you for joining us, Joshua. Uh, your support means a lot. Thank you very much. I hope you're enjoying Duncan's videos that he's putting out on the main channel. Um, it's James Watt, by the way. <laughs> who invented, oh, nice. yeah. So I that was rattling around in there somewhere, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. You're a very cool guy. Uh, really appreciate the support. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, if you want to be in with a chance of being next episode's random subscriber, all you have to do is head to youtube.com forward slash game coping, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell icon for that extra little bit of luck. And also so you get all of our video upload notifications. Uh, And yeah, and just enjoy the content. And that's all you have to do. Sit back, listen to each episode of the podcast, tune in till the end and see if it could be you, because it could be. Uh, I think that is all we have time for. Oh my god. In episode 48 of Podcoping. Remember to smash um, that like button. Yeah. And you can also rate us now. That's yeah. a thing on Spotify. You can you can give us a, a five-star rating. So please do. It's weird because um, you can only give us a five-star rating. So I guess you just have yeah, to Yeah. It's yeah. weird. You yeah. It's must be a quality um, thing because like we obviously be. couldn't be worse than that. So. Yeah, never. Um but yeah, and keep your ears pricked Peeled. up. Yeah. <laughs> for uh, the first episode of the Coping Cast, which will be out in the next couple of weeks uh, before the next episode of Pod Coping proper. Uh, So yeah, I hope you guys start enjoying the summer. Get out there, enjoy some sun, as well as some video games when PS Plus. Extra premium. Extra premium and deluxe launch this month. It's going to be a transition for sure. It is. We didn't really talk about that. (laughs) We didn't really, but it wasn't a news story. So that's meh. Uh, but either way enjoy it and we will talk to you very very soon thank you everyone and tune in next time bye bye always finish on a strong goodbye yeah